Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to this episode of the Social Marketing Academy. I'm really excited about today's show because we're talking about something a lot of you have been asking me about. Um, it seems really interesting lately that a lot of people have a little bit of extra time on their hands to think about different marketing ideas and think of how they can really market themselves to a wider audience. And I, I'm always saying like, well, why don't you start a podcast? Not that everyone deserves to have a podcast. If you have the right content and the right POV, a podcast can be a great way for you to connect with your audience. And that's why I have my boy, Louis, um, Luis Diaz on the show with us. Luis is a fantastic expert on podcasting and he's going to be answering all of the questions that you've shared. So Mr. Diaz will be joining us shortly, but before we get into all of the wonderful podcasting content that we have on this podcast, see how meta is that? Um, I wanna thank you for joining us. Um, if you are coming to the show for the first time, thanks for watching or thanks for listening. We do uh, the Social Marketing Academy as both a live feed as well, uh, live and on demand, as well as a live and on demand podcast. So if you are watching or listening to us, there's tons of other great content. What I'm doing is I'm opening up my book of contacts to you, all of my fantastic digital marketing and just traditional marketing, offline marketing, all of my marketing um, network friends and family give you free information and free consultation. So please take advantage of this. Take a look at our past shows. If you're on our website, one of the easiest ways of going is to go to gosalesandmarketing.com. There you'll be able to take a look at all of our past shows on our podcast page. There's links to all of the experts there. If you see an expert that you'd like me to help make an introduction to, I'm happy to do that. Just reach out. There's a contact form on our website as well as our chat. All of that stuff eventually gets to me as does all of our social media channels. So if you have, if you would like to be a guest on the show, if you have a question and you want me to connect you with an expert, um, or if you have a topic that you would like to see us cover in a future episode, please get in touch with me. Any of the social media links on gosalesandmarketing.com will help you get directly to me, okay? So ask me some questions. While you're on the website, we do have an e-course available right now for free. So definitely go and check that out. Absolutely free, seven days of fantastic social media marketing information. So let's turn it away from me, um, your fearless host, Christopher Tompkins, and on to our guest. Um, Luis Diaz is the founder of Podcast Domination and, and the author of How to Get Your First 100,000 Downloads in 100 Days. Luis launched and consulted for over 60 podcasts and helped his clients generate over 6.5 million downloads. He's helped some of the most well-known entrepreneurs and personal brands online build their podcasts from NFL athletes, Olympic medalists, nine-figure entrepreneurs, venture capitalists, and many more thought leaders across a dozen or more industries. Now, when we were putting forth all of these different questions in terms of podcasting, the number one thing I wanted, I was thinking to myself was I have to bring Louie on. Here he is. Hey, Louie, welcome to the Social Marketing <laughs> Academy. Christopher, thanks for having me on, man. Good to be here. Yeah, no problem. I was just telling people about your um, your really impressive um, like book of business and what you've been working on. Um, but you know, is there you have a few words to introduce yourself to our audience? Uh, yeah, I guess to give you not to not to double up on the on the uh, the intro, but um, <laughs> really and truly, I guess it kind of gives an overview of 
a background, I guess I would say is, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, long story short, I was a personal trainer turned podcaster. And so I kind of fell into this on accident, never really got, um, wanted to be this in the beginning, but, um, it turned into a really, a, a point of, um, something that I was super curious about, interested in, and just got dove deeper, deeper into the rabbit hole, um, when it came to the possibilities with podcasting. So, um, for us, the last three years of, of podcasting has been really about, helping people figure out the best way to leverage the platform. Um, as you know, Christopher, like it's a great networking tool, but it's also going to be a great driver for um, bringing in new leads, but also bringing in um, partnerships and, and things like that. So um, for us, it's been a fun, a really fun exploration. And I think we're just getting started um, with podcasting because if we've seen in the last couple of years, it's been continually to, to grow and grow and grow um, up and to the right. So um, yeah. Yeah, let's, yeah, it's, uh, it's really interesting because one of the things that I've been seeing, and mm. and we have some great questions from the audience, and we'll get to them eventually. But I have questions. So uh, one of the things that I've noticed is that I, let's talk about like maybe five years ago. Five years ago, um, I would someone would come to my agency because we we specialize in social media, and they say, mm. "Well, we have I have this wonderful book, and I've written it, <laughs> and um, I obviously." You've written the book to position yourself as an expert so that you can right. go out and then be you known for your for your for your um for your knowledge and your experience. And what I have been seeing is people kind of waking up to the idea that, wow, writing a book is expensive. Um, it takes a long time. Um, mm. it's again, it's very expensive. And then also after you put all that expense into it, you want it, people start drinking the Kool-Aid that they need to make it a bestseller. Which can create yeah. more, more like more monetary um, outlays. But I've seen people come to me recently and saying, like, "Hey, I have this podcast. Um, I also do this." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" So the podcast is the new book in a way um, for mm. some of these yeah. thought leaders. So a lot of people out there, I think, over the last like kind of because 2020 was so slow, and I think a lot of people were looking at more mm. out of the box ideas on how to market themselves. I think. I've seen mm -hmm. that with the conversations I've had with prospects during discovery calls. Um, a lot of people have started kind of thinking like, well, what about a podcast? What is that? Is it, do I have what it takes? Do you think that if someone's been in business for a while and podcasts have been around and now they're all blowing up, is it too late for someone who's interested to start their own podcast and get branded as an expert on that medium? Is it too late for someone to do that? Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question. I had this question earlier today um, from someone else. So it's something that we've been talking about a lot lately, All especially right. in, in, in my neck of the woods. Um, and and the, the answer for me is always like podcasting is something that if you're – it's never too late. It's not too late. Like people were saying it's too late in 2017. Um, mm -hmm. But it could, it's not too late if you're willing to put a year into it. Like yes, you have to have be an expert in your field. So if you've been doing whatever you've been doing for a long time – there's no reason for you not to be able to position, use a podcast to position yourself as an expert, just as you was a, would a book. However, the success or failure of that is going to determine if it's going to be determined by like, if you're going to stick with it, because we've all seen those podcasts where they come and go 15, 20, 30 episodes in and they're, and they're, they're done. So, um, I find with podcasting, what kind of keeps people going is their ability to kind of recreate themselves and re and find new, new ways to, to or new things to talk about on the podcast, whether that's yeah. doing a series of of series of um, doing different seasons and having mm -hmm. a different theme for every season, mm -hmm. or, or or interviewing a certain type of a certain like 
type of people. Like, for example, if you're an expert in maybe nutrition, you can bring on a certain um, – have different seasons dedicated to different type of um, uh, foods or nutrition uh, experiments and things like that. So there is um, a number of ways to do it, but I find with podcasting, there, it's not too late, A, and the key is – asking yourself, Hey, am I going to be able to stick this out at least for a year? And for me, that's, if, if not, then it's okay. Then maybe it's not the best Avenue. But if, if you are, you feel like you have the ability to stick with it for a year, then you should be, there's no reason why you couldn't start one. And I think the one thing that you pointed out, I think is really good for, for people that are, um, that need accountability coaches because they can never stick. They can never stick with what they've promised themselves to do. Uh, I, I think right. the idea of seasons is very attractive for someone mm -hmm. who only can handle so much, um, because there's yeah. different ways that. I mean, obviously you can do live podcasts, but you can pre-record them and master them and put them out whenever you want. Um, yeah, you know, exactly. I, and you know, for example, if I'm going to be in a time crunch, I might do three or four episodes at, in like with one and two days, and then put them mm -hmm. out over the next month or so. So there, yeah. but I do feel that one of the things that is one of the biggest drawbacks is people do not have, they don't understand that there's consistency involved um, mm -hmm. because they're not yeah. really, they really don't understand how the people of their audience is consuming their content. Yeah. Because for example, if I'm, if I'm listening to a podcast and I know it comes out on Thursday and it's not out until Saturday, I'm like, you lazy piece of, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah. I wanted that yeah. now because I had the time already I have my like yeah. I'm a creature I like creature comfort so it's like when I was gonna listen to that, um, mm -hmm. but yeah a lot of people don't understand that. Um, one of the things though is um, I've had some questions about this before too. People are saying, well, you know, um, I want to start monetizing all of my channels, and that's one of the biggest digital trends that we're seeing um, this mm -hmm. year is um, all of the platforms moving to um, include some form of monetization. Like True. Twitter's going to start um, doing some pay gating. Facebook is starting to do it already. All of these, all these different platforms. So people will say, well, how can I monetize my, uh, my podcast? But then you look at their audience and it's very small. So if someone has a small mm -hmm. audience, what is, what is their opportunity to monetize? It's great. A great question. Um, when I started out, I had a small audience and yeah. I was able to monetize. And, and so there's a couple of different ways. But it's, if we're talking to experts and people who are in client-based businesses or they're, they're doing done-for-you services or they're, they're working with one-on-one -on -one clients, um, usually for a higher price point, um, where the work is very uh, – like it's for – they have a high skill in it, right? And that's why they're getting hired to do this. Um, podcasting, you can, you can monetize your podcast with a small audience um, and a couple of ways, number one, we've seen it, we've all seen it and we've all heard of it is where you bring on that ideal client or I, that ideal person you want to work with, have them on the show. And then you figure out a way to either help to help them on the back end. Typically for me, that happens where, um, I have a show that I do this. We bring on people who are great fits for agencies or people we want to partner with and work with on a deeper level. And at the end of the episode, I'll say, Hey, is there anything I can do to help you? And I leave it very open and broad like that. And if I can help them or connect them with someone, great, I'll go ahead and do that. And then I'll follow up with them or one or two months um, and see kind of where they're at and figure out if, if maybe there's another way for us to partner then. Um, case in point, one of the things that um, we were just teaching uh, the other day to our clients was how um, what I do is with all my interviews, all my interview show, I have a list of every guest that's ever been on there. So whenever we're rolling out a new product or a new promotion or a beta program, um, I will look at that list of all of our past guests 
and say, hmm, like who would be a fit for this program? Who should I reach out to and see if this is potentially something they would be open to testing out or trying out or something they, that would help them? So that's one way I, I you can monetize a podcast, even if you have a micro audience, is through the guest list and making sure, A, that that guest experience is amazing. So they have they get they, like the show, like them booking the show, getting on the podcast is seamless and simple, kind of like what you've done here, Chris, um, mm-hmm. is you've made it really simple and, and seamless. Um, and then also the follow up on the back end is a nice experience, meaning they're getting the, the audio and all the details sorted out and sent to them. They're not having to discover that the podcast went live and they didn't even they weren't even known, didn't get told about it <clears throat> or no one told them that it went live. Um, so making sure all those elements of your interview process are, are seamless and easy and a a nice experience. Um, so for, for me, that's one way you can easily monetize uh, a podcast is like that guest list and being intentional around having a list. Like I use a spreadsheet and I have all their names and I also have notes next to all of them. Like, Oh, like Tom said he was looking for a YouTube marketing agency. Or he's gonna start YouTube YouTube ads soon. Maybe I can connect him with my friend Brian, who runs Frank Kern's ads. You know, so like, who who in your net? How can you leverage your network mm-hmm. to to help these people out? That's the first one. Um, the second one for uh, for those who are experts in, in field, and I, I have a case study for this. We had a client who had less than two hundred downloads, and after eight episodes, so it wasn't a huge show. Eight episodes, two hundred downloads total. Um, but she was an expert in her field, and she had her quote unquote worst episode landed her a five figure uh, per month client. <laughs> so, Funny. you know, um, yeah, her, her the episode that she thought was the, the ugliest or sounded the worst, um, yeah. was the one that, that got her booked her a phone call with somebody who was, uh, the right Funny fit. How that works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So your best, what you think is your best content may not be always your, yeah. your best content and vice versa. So, um, putting out episodes, I think, and specifically, specifically around the the problem that your perfect client has. So, um, for example, if you're if you're solving if you're in the um, let's just say payment processing business and you have a you have a, a podcast episode on how to reduce your chargebacks, that's going to be a really 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 valuable episode to a company that's doing a lot of volume in terms of like in terms of payments and they're really worried about getting a lot of chargebacks. So if you can solve that one problem for that person who's probably doing I mean, that, you know, if you're worried about chargebacks and that's a big part of your business, then you're probably doing seven, eight, nine figures in revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, so thinking about putting putting out episodes that are, I would say, going to solve that problem for that perfect customer. That's the second one. That's not really a monetization path, but that's a way to bring in the right kind of leads and the right kind of people yeah. um, and get exposed and in front of the right kind of people. Uh, and there's tons of things you can do with that episodes in terms of like putting it in front of people using ads or using um, or sh- getting someone else with a bigger list to share that podcast episode. Um, you can pay for access on someone's email list um, to promote your podcast episode. Mm-hmm. You know, if you wanted to get it in front of the right people, so there's um, a couple of ways you can you know kind of like put steroids into that, inject into that into that podcast episode to uh, get in front of the right people to trigger. Yeah, yeah, more leads or more sales. So just with that in that mind, okay, so what came first, chicken or egg here? So do mm. should you be growing your audience first before you think about monetization? I mean, obviously, I would say that we both would agree that you should be doing some shows and getting some things under your belt before you do anything really, right. really meaningful. But um, once you kind of get things down pat and you're ready to kind of start like actively building, 
do you think that looking for monetization first, second, or in tandem? Like, how do you feel that that should work? I think because um, my experience was with what with it was I was able to monetize a show without having a huge audience. So I'm glad I didn't spend a lot of time trying to build this audience before making offers or before looking to to monetize or put out calls to action. So I think you can monetize before having a huge audience. Of course, audience building is something we're as entrepreneurs we're always doing that. We're always yeah. trying to grow our followings. So it's something that it's going to happen. It's going to happen, you know, from day one. We're always going to be trying to build that audience. Of so I um I I personally think you you can you can make money, you can monetize your show. Um through guesting, first of all, through bringing on the right kind of fits as guests um, initially uh, without having a big audience at all. So, and that's, I know that's for me, that's been my experience and, um, and for a lot of other clients as well, it's been an experience with them too. So I don't yeah. think you need to have a huge audience to, to do it. Cause at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Cause like we're never satisfied as probably as entrepreneurs at what the size of our audience. Like we could right. always have a few extra thousand followers or a few extra thousand people on our email list. Yeah. So <laughs> there's never going to be a point where we're saying we've got a big enough audience. We don't need to worry about that anymore. So, yeah, no, I completely understand. Um, and I completely agree with you. It's, it's, um, <clears throat> cause it's really interesting. Cause a lot of people, um, that are coming out, they're kind of like, well, how can I become this person and it's and it's 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 someone that like it's it's like a, a rubber lamp it's you're, you're not gonna be able to become <laughs> that person because yeah. it's just the same thing like when like years ago when people would like call up pr agencies and say like okay like what, what do you want to do and they're like i want to be a guest on oprah it's like, you know, what um <laughs> Good luck, it's yeah. the same thing let's keep our realities in check i mean everyone <clears throat> if you really if you i think with podcasts if you really um invest yourself in the process you have mm -hmm. a plan you can connect it many ways to your business. You will grow and it will be successful, but mm -hmm. it, you you can't just immediately think that you're going to go viral because oh my god, someone said this to me the other day. They they were they were talking about going viral and they, and I said I said well you know I hate talking about that because it's always like a letdown. I'm basically saying like you know that's probably not going to happen for you, yeah. but it could. <laughs> we could try. Yeah. Um, and they said I don't want to go viral. I want to go COVID. And I thought to myself, okay, I don't know if I can help you go COVID um, with this idea. But anyway, I digress. Um, so another one that, another question that came up from the audience was a promotion one. And it was, how do you, we were talking about growth a minute ago. How do you promote and grow your podcast successfully with, in a world that has uh, like 2 million, 3 million plus podcasts? Right. Right. That's a great question. So, um, for me, because there's so many ways we can go paid, we can go partnerships, we can look at um, organic traffic. I like to look at it in three different layers. So yep. kind of like level one, level two, level three. Um, and I'll, I'll think about this as level one is like basic, like where, what are you doing on a week to week basis to promote your podcast to your general organic audience? That's your Facebook audience, your email list, your Instagram audience, your Twitter. Um, what's, what is that, that pool of existing people who are around you? That's level one. So on a weekly week to week basis, um, kind of covering our, our lowest hanging fruit. Are we doing regular promotions and regular um, invitations to getting to sending people to our podcast um, and promoting our episodes regularly? That's kind of like bare bones. We can all do that. There's no excuses why you can't do that. That's level one promotion to our audience. Probably everyone here knows that. Level two, the rung up, the next rung up is really around creating, um, creating space for like JVs and partnerships. So 
how, are we getting, are we making offers to go on other people's podcasts? Cause that's a great way to send traffic back to our show. Are we um, getting on maybe Clubhouse or getting on speaking events or getting on um, doing a panels with other experts in our field? So that's more of like the, the partnership JV route where we're looking on getting and tapping into other people's audiences. So we've got mm-hmm. level one organic, our audience level two is partnerships and podcast guesting. And then level three is really around paid traffic. So with mm-hmm. paid traffic, um, I think a decent amount of people know this now, but there are a lot of podcasts um, now, new podcast directories that are coming out with paid uh, op- opportunities for podcasters to promote their show um, for a small fee. So anywhere from, you know, I've seen it where it's like 50 bucks to, up to upwards to $3,000 to mm-hmm. promote your podcast in front of millions of people who are hitting that, that podcast app to listen to right. shows. So, um, and if depending on your budget and depending on your goals, um, you can use a mix of all three. So for promoting a podcast today, if let's just say if I was going out um, with a brand new podcast and my goal was to grow as fast as possible, I would make sure number one, that our level one stuff, our level one organic marketing activities are gonna be taken care of. Um, mm-hmm. There's gonna be posts probably two to three times a week. Yep. Um, and then from, I would probably not worry about the, uh, the second level as right now, I would want to put my time in it, put, put my, uh, my resources into advertising in places like podcast addict advertising in places like, um, uh, overcast advertising on places like, uh, the player FM, um, now have an opportunity for people to, 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 uh, promote their podcast there as well, right. which will a little bit more expensive, but, um, to grow it as fast as possible, those are the kind of the routes I would go um, when it comes to uh, the podcast promotion. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important um, uh, element to remember. If you are going to be, do, if you do want to throw some gasoline on the growth of your podcast, you do have to allocate some money that you can utilize mm-hmm. for advertising. It's not going to, it, it, now you have the ability to do this. And, and yes, I mean, obviously monetizing is great, but you, if you want to get on these platforms that are really widely recognized, you have to understand mm-hmm. that there is going to be an advertising strategy that you're going to have to deploy. And yeah. they're not free because advertising costs <laughs> money, everybody. I mean, it's, it, I, I still, I still, after doing, after having been my agency for 14 years, I still am shocked when someone comes to me and, and I say, well, um, and that's going, we're going to do a thousand dollars in Facebook advertising. And they say, how much is that going to cost? And I said, a thousand dollars, it's going to cost you a thousand dollars. Well, what do we need that money for? Because advertise, do you think that like, let's, let's think back to like, back to the old days when the, when computers weren't there, magazines had ads and you have to yeah. pay for them. So if you, and also what's really great though, is that if you are open to that, there's a lot of new mediums that are opening up for mm-hmm. advertising to cross promote your podcasts. Yes. I mean, um, there's some, there's some, I mean, I've seen podcast interviews on many of the different streaming apps. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not, I mean, obviously we're paying a lot of money for those ones, but if you really want to go big, you can go big, but still right. have that advertising budget available. Um, how do you, if, like you said before, if you want to grow your podcast, one of the great ways to do it or monetize it and grow your network is to be a guest in other people's podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you suggest people go about that that haven't done that before? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so mm-hmm. for for me, I'll, I'll share what's working with for us. And yeah, yeah. and um, I learned this from a friend of mine named Christine McAllister. She, she's she's a 
been on like hundreds of podcasts by now and she taught me the strategy and and really it's it's focused it's by putting your focus on the guest or sorry the host so if you want to get on someone's podcast what I typically do is I will research, I'll listen. I'll usually a couple, like I'll pick a couple of podcasts that I want and then I'll listen to them and I'll be kind of like, I'll take my time. So I'll listen to them for a couple of months. When I feel I'm ready, I will shoot them a one pager, almost like a one pager email mm-hmm. that has like everything needed you need to know. So a couple of things you want to include in that email are the title, the potential title for the, the episode. So make mm-hmm. it easy for the host. Tell them what you want to talk about, then, and that's going to be a, a win-win for their audience. Yes. Right? Um, make it easy for the host. So tell them what, what's the episode title or potential titles you could talk about. Tell them um, other places you've been featured so that they know that, like, you're just not a newbie. Um, yeah. They want to have some trust. They want to kind of feel safe in the fact that this is your first rodeo. Um, you yes. want to let them, let them know that, hey, you're going to promote this podcast because the fact of the matter is we all know as podcasters that it's not easy to grow your show. It's also not guaranteed that the guest is going to reciprocate the, the, the work you put in to building this podcast. So you have to have a little empathy and um, show respect to the host that um, and let them know, hey, we're going to promote your show too because we re- recognize the fact that you taking this time to interview us and the money to edit the podcast and the money to do the hosting isn't free um so i think it's 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 a couple of those things and then for me i always like to throw some fun things in there i throw i throw a video in there like a personalized video mm-hmm. um that uh just shows that you're human and that like it's not a spam email <laughs> um <laughs> this is uh, this is yeah. unscalable things that yeah. um that separate you from the other people that pitch them because i know christopher you get pitched all the time probably and you get um a lot of people who um, we'll use a, a third party agency or they'll use, which is fine, but like you still want to send a personalized video, um, you know, if someone else is doing it for you. So those are a couple of key pieces I include there. Um, that video, a, a tip I found really helpful is, um, using a, a software called Vidyard, which is like a little, it's almost like loom for your phone yep. where you just shoot a personalized video and just a 35, 40 seconds saying, Hey, Thanks for, I love your show. I've been listening for a few months. Um, wanted to just shoot you a personalized video just to say hello and that, uh, hope you have an awesome week. Yeah. Maybe it's something as simple as that. And that will get you at the very least, it'll get you a no with a personalized response. Like not their, not their executive assistant. It'll be like, Hey, I yeah. saw your video. Thanks. At this time, we're not taking guests. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so that's what I do for my, mm-hmm. my personalized pitches, make it personal to them give them everything they need to know on, you know, on you and why mm-hmm. they should, why they should invite you on the show and then a personalized video, um, to make sure that they know it's not like a copy paste email that we, yeah. um, we've all probably sometimes received in the yeah, past. I think those are, I think those are two great tips because one, um, <clears throat> one of the things like I, I'm, cause I'm on both sides of it. Right. So, um, I'm, I'm finding guests and I'm also, um, taking guests. So one of the, the two things that you've said that I really resonate with me is that um, give me everything that's going to make my life easier as if you're, if you're trying to get onto the show, but also what I do as uh, if you want to get people on your, on your show on a regular basis and get quality people, don't make it so damn hard. Don't give me <laughs> a form that I have to go to the website and then I have to fill out 65 different fields. You know yeah. what? I, I'm sorry, folks, but I see that and I'm just like, meh, I'll go somewhere mm-hmm. else. 
And of yeah. course, some people will do that. But unfortunately, the people that might be able and have the bandwidth to do that are thirsty little turtles that are not the best people right. for you to have on your show. So yeah. making it easy just kind of makes it, it doesn't make you, uh, I, th I think sometimes podcasters can get a little uppity and feel like they need to have like a layer between the masses <laughs> and themselves. And, it, and I, I personally, I mean, yes, I may use one of my assistants to help me out keep things going but right um, i'm always readily available to answer questions and i think that is making it easy for both ends from both ends is the way that that things mm. move the relationship moves faster i guess to say yeah absolutely okay so um another question we have is like how about some common mistakes a new podcaster would make um what what have you mm. seen kind of what are the biggest rookie mistakes that you've seen yeah great it's a good one because i this is like i think it's it could save pe people a lot of time and effort and frustration um so a couple of things i will say from a marketing perspective um having really boring artwork having really boring artwork and that's because if you look inside of apple Podcasts, there's so much noise so mm -hmm. much going on in the in that platform that if you don't have something that stands out you're not your podcast is not going to really um get clicked on a lot so really boring artwork. Some couple tips for artwork, I would say, yes. if if we're if we're asking, um, we're staying in there for a second, is um, I like to use colors like reds, yellows, and oranges because those are kind of fast colors that will pop. Yeah. Um, when you're scrolling an Apple Podcast, I've noticed, especially in the B two B space, there's a lot of blues, a lot, a lot of blue, blue, a lot of shades of blue. Mm -hmm. um, so I stay away from blue generally, and I like to use incorporate some kind of fast color in there to get people to stop. Um, so that's what, if you look at Gary V's artwork, it's like red and yellow. It's like the most, it's not the prettiest thing, but it sticks out. And that's yeah. what it does. It stops the scroll. So that's the first piece there. The second piece uh, in terms of mistakes is having a really long intro. So if you have a really long intro and I'm brand new to your show, I don't care yet because I don't know if I'm going to like this show. So I want to, I'm probably going to hit skip anyways um, to that if I'm a, if I know how to hit the skip button in my podcast app. Mm -hmm. So once with your intro, you want that to be, 10 to 25 seconds tops um and there's some there are some nuanced times where you can go over this that's totally fine um but i would say keep your intro as short as possible so that you can get into the content faster uh for my show i know i have a i have a little hook at the beginning so i have like a custom piece where it's like in this episode you're gonna learn x y and z and mm -hmm. then at that why I, that way i can get people to stick around to listen to the intro of course you know, or that way they can, they'll be incentivized to stay after that. So too long of intro, boring artwork. And then if you're for in the B2B space, I would say not having a clear call to action, like not having a clear objective for each episode, mm -hmm. whether that's, we're sending traffic to our Facebook group, whether that's, we're sending, setting traffic to book a call for with us, or we are um, promoting uh, our next event or our book, having right. a really clear intention um, and making sure it's known. Like, it's okay to talk about your products and services on your podcast, but just make sure it's very clear. And sometimes you leave a podcast listening, you're like, I don't really know what the point of that episode was. <laughs> um, that's that's what we don't want, right? So having yeah, clear yeah, intentions yeah. for every episode um, and clear call to action is probably the third thing I would say in terms of mistakes for uh, for podcasts. Okay, so a couple of things. Number one, I love the tip of kind of giving like a snap in this episode you're going to learn this this and this i think that that's really hot because i think a lot of people bury the lead 
thinking that, oh, I have 30 minutes to fill. This is not a freaking <laughs> TED talk, people. Yeah. This is a podcast. So, uh, yeah. it, you know, even if it's one person, if you're just doing it as yourself, I still kind of give them. And also another thing that's really helpful, and I'm really remiss in doing this too, but I'm we're asking questions a lot of the time, but um, reintroduce um, the topic if you mm-hmm. are, if you do have a guest. I forget to do it all the time, but no podcast is perfect. Um, one thing though, two things actually, I'd like to dive into, a, a, I have a couple more questions about. Sure. So the picture, you were talking about the, like the kind of the profile image, the logo of the show. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's important if you're trying to position yourself as an expert that you must be on that cover as a picture? Yeah, that de- that's a great question because I've had this happen a lot with clients mm-hmm. and it comes down to whether you want to be the face of the brand. Like, are you going to sell this thing? Yep. And, yep. and I've even had people with personal brands have sold their companies fine, so it may not be a huge factor. So do you want to be that face? And that depends on your personality type. Yep. Like, um, yeah, I have my face on my cover because I know like people, I, I think for most people, it's going to be yes. Like you should have your face on your cover because if you're doing high ticket B2B sales, people are buying you. Like they're buying the, your, your personality, your style, your, your unique IP or method. Yep. So nine times out of 10, I would say it's probably going to be, yes, you probably want your face on there. Um, if this is a brand, like we've done some, comp- some, some brands, uh, podcasts and some other bigger companies. So like they have their, like their logo or like the topic of the podcast on there. Of so like, so. a little more general. So, um, just depends on you, but for most personal brands or, or experts, you're going to want your face on there. Now, another thing that you mentioned was kind of having like some sort of call to action, some sort of CTA and maybe a conversion conversion point that you really want to push. Yeah. What do you feel like if someone's starting out with a podcast, what's like one of the best things that they can do to drive conversion? Like what, what, what mm. could they give away or offer that you've seen really pulls on the podcast audience? Yeah, this is a good one. So, mm. so I, I'll, I'll recommend two here. Okay. One that right. I've seen work is a, an offer to do like a call, a free call and not like a sales call, like a, Hey, we're doing a monthly, a monthly get together. Um, where it's like a zoom call. It's almost like a, almost a clubhouse essentially. Yeah. And you have to opt in to join this monthly networking call where it's like the host of the podcast is there. And it's almost like a general discussion networking room. Um, that one is great because people who listen to the podcast, they probably want to come and meet you. They want to listen. They want to ask you questions. Right. They want to kind of finally meet the person behind the, behind the mic. And that kind of a monthly or biweekly, I have a friend who does them biweekly where he, he, he calls it, um, they're called pod pals. Um, is, is, is the name of his, uh, the, how he's coined the, the mm-hmm. ne- networking group. And, um, he does them biweekly and you have to opt in to get the, the zoom link and then you get invited to the call and he gets booked on your calendar. Um, and that's a great way to a meet people who are listening that's to great. the podcast, but mm-hmm. also b collect emails. Mm-hmm. So for conversions, like, cause, because people want to connect and they want to engage, especially yeah. in this COVID world that we're living in, yeah. um, that's one good one. The second one that I've seen work really well is offering a checklist, um, offering yeah. a checklist of some sort. Those are really, really work, work really well for us. Like it's usually like a podcast, um, a podcast launch checklist. So mm-hmm. if you're doing, if you, maybe you're a coach or consultant and like helping people launch books, it could be a book launch checklist or it could be, you know, a number of things, anything with a checklist. Um, those work typically really, really well. Um, 
the question is how you deliver them. So I've, we've seen clients, um, they'll deliver a lead magnet simply by saying, Hey, shoot me a message in, in Instagram and uh, with the word book and I'll give you the free book. Mm-hmm. And that typically can work really well. Or if you want to have like a traditional like landing or squeeze page that can work well too. And the benefit to there is that like people can, you can retarget that traffic with paid media. Right. Right. If they come, if they you know show up on that page. So, um, those are two of the best ones. One for like people who want to connect. So mm-hmm. it just depends on your audience or the people, other ones where it's like a checklist of some sort or a very high value resource. Yeah. I think those are both great ideas. And you, okay, one of the things that you've brought up a couple of times is clubhouse. And I kind of wanted to see where you feel the clubhouse sits within yeah. this landscape. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the platform and where do you feel like it, is it a compliment? Is it, what, how do you feel that it works with podcasts? Right. Um, this is, this is a great question. We've, we've had some clients where they'll take their clubhouse recordings and they'll just use them as podcasts. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's the best idea. Um, yeah, it just because you're, it's, I love that. it's almost like, yeah, you're, you're <laughs> recording a candid conversation that has no direction. Like, yeah, there's some good gems in there, but like nobody really knows. I'm nicely put. That's exactly what it is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's just people are popping in and popping out and like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know if, if I like that. I'm a bit more strategic and structured. Um, so I, so I do like clubhouse cause it, it gives connection. Like you can get in front of some really cool people. I met some really cool podcasters. I only been following for years and never got a chance to meet them. And now mm-hmm. you hop in a room and you can talk to them by pressing yeah. a button. That's really cool. I love that. Um, mm-hmm. when it comes to people say, is it going to like take over podcasting answers? No, um, yeah. podcasting is on demand content. Clubhouse is kind of like you got to go see what the market's giving you, and if there's no good rooms open, then you're kind of you know out of luck. So mm-hmm. it's completely a completely different game. Um, so think about like Netflix versus like live TV. Like yep. you know Netflix is anytime anywhere. Live TV is a scheduled time, and if you miss it, too bad. So mm-hmm. um, it fits. It's a great tool for if you want to like. I, I'll tell you this for podcasters or people who are looking to get a launch a podcast you can use clubhouse to bring on great guests to your show. So go on clubhouse, find the rooms that have great people, talk to those people. And then afterwards you invite them to your podcast. Yep. So that's what I've, I've done that a few times and that's a great, great way to find great guests without having to go and search them, shoot them an email, shoot them a zoom link, follow up with them, just find them on clubhouse. (laughs) Um, so it's a, it's a way better shortcut to finding great guests or getting on podcasts. It's kind of like how I was thinking because we were, we we did a um, we do we have like an agency podcast um, a clubhouse that we do that's just kind of like all of us talking about everything that we've been going through in the last week <laughs> and then people yeah. just jump on and just like comment and stuff. But the um, one of the things that I was thinking about and we came up in the one that we did um, we did the other day and it was getting all of the different tools and all the different elements of every social media platform and then putting them against one another to show how they all have basically the same thing and what holes mm. each platform has like total nerd kind of like conversation. <laughs> right. But yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, come on, I'm a nerd. So uh, I, uh, we were talking about podcasts because mm. we, we were like, where the hell does clubhouse live? Because clubhouse now is <laughs> it's coming into, yeah. it's, coming, it's coming into Facebook. It's coming into Reddit. It's going into all of these different, um, this, the technology is being um, mimicked. And um, I, personally think clubhouse is like an Instagram story and a podcast is something from the grid. Like I feel that Hmm. clubhouse is kind of like instant gratification, fast smash the pan and it's gone. 
Whereas podcasts are there. They're a part yeah. of your history. You can see the archive. It's available to you. It's more tangible. So having these conversations, I think are really valuable, but I like, I like what you said. This is a great place to mine for guests. It's a good place to um, listen also how people are talking to one another. I think that's mm. really interesting too. If you are struggling with your interview technique, um, whereas some of the rooms are just like people jumping on a soapbox and just talking. I mean, I talked, <laughs> I, I put one on the other day and I was like laughing out loud. This guy was just, he was running out of things to say and he was just talking on fumes and it was yeah. just, yeah, so Clubhouse is a little, it can be a little dicey, but it's all going away. Okay. So you'll never have any proof that he was a blowhard. This is but, true. So, um, you know, in terms of uh, any other, is there any other tips or tricks that you could throw in? Um, is there any other things that you'd like to want, if like someone who's thinking about starting a podcast, like, is there mm. anything else that you'd say to them? Yeah, I, I would say, um, one of the things I always tell people starting a podcast is to get really clear on the goal before launching a podcast. Cause like yep. nine times out of 10, when I ask people why you want to launch a podcast, it's like, I want to generate leads. I want to build a brand authority. I want to, you know, the laundry list of things. And it's like, that's all great. But if we don't pick one outright, the top one, um, we're really not going to really succeed at any of them. So get really clear as to the goals, like in six months, where do I want to be with my downloads? If that's important to you, or mm -hmm. maybe I want to have an interview 25 guests, um, you know, and who are those people on my list? So whatever that goal is for you, I know depending on your business model and your, mm -hmm. your industry, that's all going to be very different. Um, but once you nail that down, it just makes, it's going to take a lot of pressure off your shoulders to try and, so that way you're not trying to like hit all these vanity metrics or arbitrary numbers, um, right. get clear on the goals that are important to you. Like I had a client who his whole goal is he wanted to hit 50 episodes and then he wanted to hit hundred, 200. And now he's up to 20,000 downloads a, a month and he's doing great. Wow. But initially he just wanted to, he just wanted to hit volume because he knew for him that was, if he could hit 50 episodes in like three months, he was going to have, he's going to have a lot of momentum. Right. And I, I didn't really. At first, I thought he was weird, but he was he, he was smarter than me. So <laughs> I said, you know, my hat's off to him. I took my hat to him. Um, but, you know, whatever the metric is for you, pick it, stick with it, and go. Yep, I completely agree with you. I think that also, um, I think having um, having a goal as to what you want to do, also being able to ha be realistic with your schedule and what is needed to actually produce a quality podcast. Yes. I think, um, oh, this is a good one. Um, for you, and I want to just because I'm asked this all the time, and I'm just so I just don't want to send one more email full of freaking <laughs> Amazon links. Yeah, what what is the absolute minimum you need? What do you need to start this? Like, what equipment? Like, people were like, "Oh, I'm going to get like a mixing board, and I'm going to get yeah, yeah." I'm like, no, because people get really excited about obviously buying shit for the podcast. Yeah. But what do you think? Like, bare minimum? Like, what do you need? Yeah, bare minimum for an interview like this, we're doing interview shows like this, like which I have a very low budget setup. So I have a um, $100 microphone, ATR 2100. Um, go to Amazon, type that in, ATR 2100 microphone. That's all you need from mm -hmm. a microphone perspective. Yep. Um, besides that, you need a webcam, which most of your laptops are gonna have already. Mm -hmm. um, if you wanna get a little bit of a fancier one, the one I'm using is a Logitech 1080p which is mm -hmm. a hundred dollar, I think hundred, 120, something like that, um, on Amazon. And that's really much, that's really it outside. Of, so I guess for hardware and stuff like that, that's all you need. And 
I'm sure Christopher, you can say like, you, you know, you don't need a mixing board. You don't need a audio interface. Like I've seen people go down that route too. And then they end up never launching the podcast because <laughs> it just gets it's too. The, it's the way, I mean, come on. I, I, I don't want to learn how to use that. Like no, I just want to no. turn something on and do it. I'm freaking busy. I need to do this quick and fast. Yeah. And, yeah, and exactly. I think, I think the equipment immediately, it's beautiful. I mean, like, like, oh, let's buy a, like a blue Yeti because that's the one that comes up in the number one result. Like, do I need a blue Yeti? Do I need a blue Yeti? I'm like, I don't even have a blue Yeti. I'm, I'm using like a $70 dealie right here. And this is working absolutely fine for me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I've had people want to spend thousands on a new studio. I'm like, this is your first podcast. What's the, what's the rush to blow that money? Um, besides that, uh, software, you either need Zoom if you're doing mm. interviews or you can use a company, a company called Squadcast, which is, has a bit better um, audio quality, yep. uh, so they say. And then for hosting, you need a place to host these files. I use Captivate, which is like 19 bucks a month. Yeah. And um, so that's that's what all I need, all you, all you need for, for those there who want to get started, bare minimum, that's all you need to do. Yeah, I think I think that's that's great advice because you this is not a radio show. We do not we're not going out off, off of the airwaves. I don't need like a freaking producer like giving me like the countdown on when I'm going live on air. You're right. your own producer. But what I would say is that um, anybody out there that wants to start a podcast or to really throw some gasoline on it, Louise Company is the one that you want in your corner you don't need a producer you need someone like him because what he provides is support to level you up in a way that is built off of experience and it's not experience based off if you do go after a producer i have had clients that have done this and this is why i'm saying this because i know someone out there thinking this um you do not need someone with radio experience um you need someone <laughs> right. that has podcast and digital experience and how to engage people in the digital marketplace. That is really, really important. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, if you want to just say kind of like with podcast domination, like what do you necessarily, like how do you help? How do you yeah. help your clients? Just because I, I think that yeah. a lot of people don't understand that there are services like yours out there. And I think that's really irritating. So kind of just like, <laughs> just like share some right. of the things that you, that you do help host with. Sure. So we are, um, two things we mainly help with. So number one, we're a plug and play or like kind of a uh, white glove service agency. So the outside of recording the audio, we take care of all the production, um, mm -hmm. the production from A to Z. So they, people record their audio, send it to us. We take care of everything um, outside of that. So we'll do the editing, publishing, the, the um, creating the social media assets for the show to promote it. Um, and uh, everything recorded or involved in, getting your podcast up and right. yeah. everywhere in the world. Um, besides that, we help people scale their podcasts with paid traffic. So whether it's um, taking um, your your landing page and retargeting the traffic from that landing, that's hit that landing page, um, you know, so they can see your podcast or mm -hmm. creating lookalike audiences for your, for your podcast. Um, that's something we also do as well. So growing and scaling existing podcasts with paid mm -hmm. media. Um, obviously that's a higher tier service. So it's like, that's really for a certain type of client or person who's ready to, to invest, um, in, in their podcast with paid media. So, um, those are the two main ways, uh, we help, help people podcasting the done for you side. And then also the scaling and paid media traffic, um, growth side. Yeah. And let me tell you anyone out there that wants to keep onto a schedule and they are going to, I 
I know how to use GarageBand <laughs> and I'm going to edit it down. No, you're not. And you don't know how to use it. You're going to sit in there and you're going to look at your podcast one hour. You're going to spend four hours. It's going to still sound like shit. I'm telling you, find somebody to help you. It, it really, it really does pay for itself. Think about all the time that you're going to try to do figuring it out or mm. even better. This is what drives me absolutely freaking crazy when they give it to their marketing director to do. And their marketing director is now oh, yeah. like this engineer <laughs> of sound. It's like, I've, I, I have a degree in marketing. I never learned how to do that. So yeah, um, yeah. it really is, it does cut down. And also if you are just recording and then it's finished and you just freaking send it to somebody else, it's like the best feeling ever. So I'm just saying people, if you want to get started and you don't want to do like do everything a la carte in yourself, just, um, I definitely say podcast domination, something you should check out. Um, you know, um, Louis, where can everyone find you and learn more about your company? Um, best place to go is uh, podcastdomination.co. Don't go to .com. That's not a website I know of. Um, but podcastdomination.co is the best place to find us. Um, or I'm on Facebook, Louis Ryan, Luis Ryan Diaz. Um, and then to your point, Christopher, about the, uh, the marketing directors, we're usually the ones the marketing directors come to. I've had a lot of calls with marketing directors where they're like, yeah, they threw this podcast on me and I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so when you said that, I know exactly what you mean. Cause we're usually oh the God. ones getting on the calls with the marketing directors, which is funny. Oh yeah. I thought, uh, it, I thought so it was hilarious. You brought that up. <laughs> no, it's well, look, look, come on, let's be honest. Right. Like I will, um, if it's if it's um, back in like back pre COVID when there was these big major events like these marketing events yeah. or whatever, they always are around a certain season and there's always a lot of them at the same time. As soon as yep. that as soon as that season is over, I will be flooded with prospective phone calls from, the, yeah. from uh, marketers who <laughs> are like, my uh, my my boss just said that I need to be doing LinkedIn. Like I I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing because obviously they sat in one one session and they said LinkedIn's the best thing since sliced bread and they came back yeah. and they said LinkedIn's the way to go. And it's yeah. it's the truth. I mean, gosh, that's why it's nice not being a mark a, a marketer from a traditional company anymore. Just being an agency owner is so much better. Um, <laughs> but excellent, um, yeah, Luis, yeah. you've been a fantastic guest. Thank you so much for joining me uh, on the episode Thank today. Um, if you guys want to learn more and gals want to learn more about um, Luis and his company, please take a look at all of the links that are in the description of this show. Or if you're on GoSalesAndMarketing.com on our podcast page. All the links in and also Luis's bio is there as well. So you can learn more as well as about his book as well. Um, we have a couple coming up on the future episodes of the show. We have some really cool um, topics. I was looking into some TikTok subjects. Wow, everyone's excited about that. I am too. It's absolutely exhausting that subject, but I'll bring it to you. Um, and we'll talk about it um, on a future episode. So folks, if you want to check out all of the past episodes, obviously like and subscribe and all that crap, but go to the website, gosalesandmarketing.com. Check out our um, blog page as well. I have lots of blogs on there that are extremely valuable. There's a free e-course. Take it, don't take it, I don't care. It's good information. Um, but until next time, folks, thanks for joining us in Social Marketing Academy. I'll take care, see you soon.